Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's so wonderful to see you this morning. If we haven't had a chance to meet, as Pastor Brian said, my name is Justin. I serve on our ministry team here at Mount Hope. It's great to be in worship with you this morning. As we've been singing about all day today, we've been singing about joy, talking about joy, and this morning we're going to have an opportunity to learn a little bit more about that big word that we hear constantly around this time of the year. If you're visiting with us today, or maybe you're newer, we're in the middle of a sermon series right now that we call the Already Not Yet Advent. It's this idea of all the things that came when Jesus came to Bethlehem on that morning. What, what happened to us and to our world when Jesus came the first time, and what we wait for as he returns. And so we're talking about all of these together. Last week, we looked at this notion of peace, that we enjoy a piece of the peace that God has for us, that we talked about how peace is not just the absence of conflict, but it's actually more so the reconciliation that we have with God, and that because of that, we can have peace with God. And today, we'll start looking into this word joy. What does it mean? Where is it? Why does it seem so hard to find and hard to keep? What is joy? Right? We've been singing about it all morning today. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. We sing songs like, joyful, joyful, Lord, we adore thee. God of glory, Lord of light. We call him the giver of immortal gladness. These songs that are so incredibly profound when they talk about joy. Now let me ask you a question. How many truly joyful people do you know? Go ahead and take a second to think about it. How many truly joyful people do you know? And the truth is, if you're sitting here this morning, there's a good likelihood that you probably know more Christians than most people that you work with or live near. How many truly joyful people do you know? Let's do a quick exercise. How many of you can say, that of the hundreds of people I know in my life, I know at least 100 joyful people. Not a single hand. 50 joyful people? No hands again. 10 joyful people. Okay, I see a couple here. Five truly joyful people? I see some more hands. One truly joyful person? There you go. Myself, right? No, that's... <laughs> How many of you would say, I know zero? I know zero truly joyful people. And there's more hands there. We sing about joy. It's this thing that we put on our lawn ornaments, these things that we write on our cards, this thing that was supposedly come with Jesus coming to this earth. Joy. Yet none of us really know many joyful people. I think this morning, one of the questions we need to start asking ourselves is, first of all, why is that? And second of all, what is joy? How do I accomplish it? Or how do I achieve it? How do I earn it? How do I get it? And what does it mean when I do find it? You know, the celebrity gossip, uh, sports world, and all of these different segments of society were rocked a couple of weeks ago when the big news dropped that one of the most famous power couples in the world was separating. Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen are no longer going to be together. 
Right? You know this couple. Right? One is a superstar with a hundred million dollar contract, and the other one is Tom Brady. It's this, <laughs> it's this power couple this, to this pair that we all look up to. They've got everything. And recently when they announced their split, Giselle posted on social media this one line. She wrote, quote, Tom needs to follow his joy. And that obviously is a common response we hear in moments like this, but here's the bigger question. If Tom Brady doesn't have joy, what are the chances that we find it in this world? He checks every box that we would consider to be the source of joy, except for beating the Giants in the Super Bowl. Except for that, he's checked every box that would provide joy. Yet for some reason, he doesn't have it. The question that we have to ask ourselves is, what is joy? And if we barely know any joyful people in this world, why is it so elusive? What does it mean for me today? And I think this morning when Aradia was reading, she read this passage of scripture that captures so much of what we know about joy. She read from Luke chapter 2 this morning, and she read like this, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. I'll repeat them quickly. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. I bring you good news of great joy. I think first and foremost, we have to understand what joy is and what joy isn't. I think if you look in our world around us, there are billions of dollars being spent every year in this pursuit of what we think is joy. It's a common phrase you hear at work, in school, in colleges. It's a phrase you hear constantly spoken to you on social media. Pursue your joy. Go find your joy and pursue it. And what we actually do is mistake two words and clump them together. Those words are happiness and joy. As if those, are the two, those two things are the same thing. Pursue your happiness and you'll get your joy. Right, Tom Brady, go get another Super Bowl ring and you'll find joy. There's something that we've done in our world where we've clumped those two words together, even though scripture doesn't put those two words together. Happiness is different from joy. Happiness doesn't equal joy. In fact, the word happiness comes from the root hap, which is happens. It's based on things that happen to me. It's based on circumstances. It's my temporary response to temporary situations. You tell me a funny joke and I laugh, that's happiness. It's a temporary reaction to a temporary circumstance. It's temporary, it's quick, it's an emotion. But scripture tells us about great joy. Joy is an everlasting response to everlasting circumstances. It's your eternal response to eternal situations. 
It's not just an emotion that comes out of you every once in a while. It's a constant that lives inside of you. And while our world crushes these two words together and says, go pursue your happiness and you'll find joy, or happiness equals joy, this Bible teaches us those are two very different things. The joy is not based on your circumstances. And so when an angel shows up to the shepherds that night and says, today I bring you good news of great joy, the angel is not talking about your circumstances and how you respond to them. The angel is talking about something so deep within that's not determined by well-being, but it can be experienced even when circumstances are not in our favor. It's something deeply wound within me. It's my state. It's my constant. It's who I am. Joy is a condition, whereas happiness is an emotion. And so first and foremost, when we start to unpack what is joy, we have to understand where it's found. The angel reports to the shepherds that day that joy is found in the finished work of Christ. Here's what joy is. Joy is found in a savior. He says, I bring you good news of great joy that today in the city of David is the fulfillment of everything you've been waiting for. All that your heart has longed for is fulfilled today in the city of David. A savior is born to you today. That joy does not come from good things happening to me. A promotion, a raise, uh, finding the right life partner, uh, getting more money, inheriting some sort of wealth. The joy does not come from circumstances. The joy comes in knowing that you are saved. That you are forgiven, that you are reconciled back to God. There is good news of great joy that comes with that. The angels report joy and they say that you who were lost are now found and so you have great reason for joy. The reason for joy is that God has not abandoned you. Throughout history we've been waiting and waiting for this promised Messiah, this promised Savior. And when the angel announces good news of great joy... It's the good news that you have not been abandoned by God, that you have salvation in Jesus Christ. And this announcement comes because joy is only found in one place. Remember what we said before, happiness is temporary responses to temporary circumstances. But joy is an eternal response to an eternal circumstance. And the only way to find that is in an eternal God who loves us. And this root of joy that's built up within us, that's inside of us, it's the supernatural response to the gospel. Jesus loved me enough to die for my sin? That gives me reason for joy. Not a temporary happiness, but an eternal lasting joy that knows that no matter what happens to me in this world, my future is secure in Christ Jesus. There is joy that comes with that. What was lost is now found, and therefore there is great joy that comes with that. Maybe you've been watching the news these past couple of weeks. A big story that took place right, right here, very close by in Wyndham, New Hampshire. There was a story about a couple who were going about their business Thanksgiving weekend, a husband and a wife. And while they were going about their day, the wife decided to wash some dishes. And in order to do so, she took off her wedding ring and put it down on a napkin and then washed the dishes. But she forgot that the ring was on the napkin. Her husband, deciding to be a very good, loyal husband, decided to do some cleaning that day and took that napkin and threw it in the trash. 
not realizing that his wife's precious ring was in the napkin. This set off a series of events that became pretty well known over the last couple of weeks, where the husband finally realized two days after the garbage was picked up that that was the napkin that my wife has been looking everywhere for her ring in, and that napkin has now been thrown out. He called up the garbage pickup company who directed him to a more local company. That local company directed him to a, a transfer station where the trash is dropped off. And this man ran to the trash transfer station and he works with the, the employees of that transfer station to identify bags that were in the neighborhood of where they live, to find the day when the trash was picked up, to eventually narrow it down to celery stalks that they were eating that day, and finally find the bag that potentially could have had the ring in it. They dug through trash for hours, and at the very end, the final bag that they checked clung to the bottom of a napkin was his wife's wedding ring. Here's a picture of the moment when what was lost was found. These men were covered in trash, digging through garbage for hours, and yet when something lost is found, do you see the joy that's on their faces? This is what the good news of great joy is. When something lost is found, we have reason for joy. And when the angel comes to the shepherds that day, this is what the angel is saying. All throughout human history, you have worried and wondered, did God abandon me to just live my life and die? And that's the end of the story. And one day when you find out that no, he has not abandoned you, in fact, he's sending his son to die for you. You, re you realize that what was lost is now found. There is reason for great joy. Reason to actually rejoice in who God is and what he has promised. So where does joy come from? It only comes through the finished work of Christ on the cross. That when Jesus dies for you and me, we have a reason for constant joy. That condition of joy, not just the emotion of happiness. So, okay, joy was something that happened in the past. How does it impact my life today? You see, I think scripture shows us that it's not just what Christ did in the past that we call joy. It's something that's available to you and me right now and has an impact on your life and my life right now. You see, because the Bible tells us that joy is fuel for my unfinished work in this world. That joy is not just something that took place in the past. Joy is something that I'm called to experience and live as a condition right now to help me get through every day, to guide me in my purpose and the work that I have to do, to help me be a better family member, a father, a husband, uh, to, to be a better worker, an employee, to be better in ministry. Joy is a fuel for the unfinished work that I have in this world. Hebrews 12 verse 2 is one of the most famous verses in all of scripture where it says like this, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, meaning the writer, the originator, and the perfecter or the finisher of our faith. Listen to these words, who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising its shame who for the joy set before him. That Jesus, when he had a mission, he had a calling, he had an accomplishment that he had to do to accomplish the will of his father. 
to bring glory to his Father, to accomplish the purpose of salvation for the joy set before him, he got to work based on what was in front of him. And do you see every day when you and I live in this world, it's joy that's before us to accomplish the purpose of the Father. That every day when I get up, I know I'm not here by accident. Remember 2,000 years ago when Jesus came, that great joy lives in me today and requires me to get up this morning and get to work, be a good family member, be a good person in society, not only because that's the right thing to do, but because there's a joy that propels me, that motivates me, that pushes me to do the work that I'm called to do. That joy set before me should motivate me to the work that I'm called to do. Notice what Jesus does. For the joy set before him, what does he do? He endures the cross. Those two things don't go hand in hand. The cross and joy. See, because Jesus is showing us that joy has nothing to do with circumstance that I will endure the cross because of the joy set before me. I will endure what I have to in this life to bring glory to God the Father because joy is what propels me and pushes me toward that. I'm not abandoned by God, but I am with him. In John chapter 15, we read this verse, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That when we are connected to the Lord, when we are in prayer, when we are constantly coming to God, when we are drawing near to him, there is joy that comes with that. And when I think about the least joyful times of my life, it's when I was disconnected from this vine, from this Lord that I call my Savior. And daily joy is available to you and I if we reconnect to that vine. If we come back to him and say, Lord, I want to know your joy. It's just about connecting back to him. Remember, joy is not temporary. It's constant. It's a condition that happens when we follow Jesus. Paul, sitting in a prison in the book of Philippians, writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. And he says, I have learned the secret to contentment, to the secret of rejoicing. Then he gives one of the most famous verses in all of scripture that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That verse is not about athletic success. That verse is about knowing how to rejoice in troubled circumstances, in difficult situations. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Joy is the fuel that guides us through every single day. It's built on what's ahead of us. It's based on what's in front of me and I will work toward that, I will live toward that. When our children were very little, when they were little babies, as most babies do, they would cry in the middle of the night. And I'm gonna admit something that my wife doesn't know right now. She's gonna hear this for the first time. There were many nights when our kids would cry in the middle of the night And I would hear it, and I wouldn't get up. (laughs) They would start whimpering, and I know uh, they were either hungry or needed to be changed. And I would hear them cry first, and I knew both of us had to get up early for work the next day. And I would hear it, but then I would just do that thing where I just, if I keep my eyes closed a little longer, she'll get up. (laughs) And sure enough, she would. At the same time, there have been many days where we've been going on, we've had to go on vacation or something. 
and we have an early morning flight out of Logan, and we have to also get up at 3.30 in the morning. For some reason on those nights, I could get up in a second, pop out of bed, get everything ready, everyone in the car, head off to the airport. What's the difference? It's what was waiting in front of me. In one situation, I might have had a diaper waiting for me. In the other situation, I had a vacation waiting for me. And so for all of us, we have these circumstances in life where we don't have joy because we don't know what we're living toward. We don't understand what's ahead of us. And Jesus is saying like this, that there is cause for great joy in your life if you recognize what's in front of you, what's ahead of you, what's before you, if you recognize it. That when I came and I died for you, I gave you the source of the greatest joy. My joy is complete is what Christ says. It's in you and it's complete because you were once lost and now you're found. You have the source of joy. But why don't you experience it every day? It's because simply put, you don't realize what's right in front of you. You spend every day pursuing happiness temporary responses to temporary circumstances, not realizing that there's an eternal condition available for you right now if you just recognize what's in front of you. Every morning when I wake up, I have an opportunity to accomplish the will of my Lord. And that should give me joy, incredible joy, overwhelming joy. I look out in this room right now, there's so many of you who are serving in some way, serving here at the church or serving in ministries outside of this church. And why is burnout and disappointment and frustration so common in ministry? It's because at some point we lose sight of the joy set before us and we look at the task right in front of us. And here Christ is saying that joy is the fuel that should propel and motivate every single day because you already have the condition of joy inside of you. Let joy propel you and be the fuel that you need for the next step in your life. Right? Because peace and joy, they sound like the same thing. But peace is very different. Peace is a passive condition. It's a passive foundation of our faith. But joy is this proactive fuel that goes forward. That because of the joy in front of me, I'll go and serve the Lord. I'll go and live for him in my life. Let me move quickly to the final point that we have this morning. Even when the unfinished remains, joy looks forward to unending joy. There's something about joy that constantly looks forward. In the Gospel of Matthew, there's this man, Jesus gives this parable of a man who finds a treasure hidden in the ground, and with the joy that was set in front of him, he sold everything that he had and bought that land so he could claim that treasure. Because of something so inevitable in front of him, he sold everything that he had, and out of his great joy, he bought this land and he claimed this treasure. How do you live when something is inevitable? When something is guaranteed, how do you live differently in those moments? I watch a lot of sports, and I'll tell you this, no matter what sport you're watching, soccer, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, whatever sport you're watching, every game begins the same. The players have this intense look on their faces intensity. They are absolutely locked into the game. Many of them look angry and they're pumping up their, 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 their fellow athletes. They're pumping them up, their teammates. 
And they're angry and focused and ultimately intimidating. Now watch those same athletes when the win is guaranteed. Maybe there's a minute left on the clock and they're winning by 20, 30, 40 points and they know there is no way they're going to lose this game. Those same athletes suddenly, their eyes are wide open, they're smiling, they're laughing, they're joking with their teammates, they're running up and down and pumping the crowd up. They are filled with excitement and happiness. Why? Because the inevitable is in their life. They are guaranteed a victory. Here's what Jesus and scripture teaches us about joy. That every one of you who call Jesus Christ your savior, you have an inevitable in your life. There is a guarantee in your life that should change the way that you live. The guarantee, the inevitable, is that one day, as we read in Revelation 21 verse 4, here's the inevitable, that he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Church, that is the inevitable of the Christian life. And that fills me with incredible joy because yes, Christ has given me complete joy, but my joy is not yet completed, if that makes sense. That one day when he comes again, this is the joy I look forward to. That no circumstance can overshadow or overwhelm the joy that I have. There is no situation that could come up that could rob me of my joy or take away any sort of happiness in the moment. There is nothing that will come because one day, because of what he did on the cross in the past and the way I live my life today with joy as my fuel, this is the inevitable that I get to look forward to. That one day every tear will be wiped from my eyes. There will be no crying or death or mourning for the former way of things has passed away. That's the fuel of my joy every day. My joy today looks forward to that joy forever. Unending joy. Unstoppable joy. Joy that's not based on what might happen today or tomorrow, the uncertainties of this world. Joy that's everlasting to everlasting because the source of joy is there the entire time. I want to remind you this morning that when your world around you keeps telling you to pursue happiness, I think that's a good thing to have happiness. But remember, happiness happens, but joy remains. Joy abides, joy stays, joy lives inside of you because if you want to look at it this way, happiness is like a birthday balloon. And every birthday for my kids, we put balloons in the house. And then for some crazy reason, we keep them long after they've deflated and just sit on the ground. We just kick them for a while as they just float around the ground. Those same happy birthday balloons on birthday day are just these weird orbs floating around our floor the rest of the month. Happiness happens, but joy remains. Joy stays. This morning, I know there's some of you who are in this room right now who hear about joy and you're like, that is the farthest thing from my life right now. Why? Justin, you have no idea how bad my situation is. You have no idea how bad my bank account is, how bad my family situation is. You have no idea how messed up my own life is, how far I am from God. You have no idea how my job situation looks right now. It's a mess. Joy is the farthest thing from my life. What if I told you that that has nothing to do with joy. That joy is constant because of what the king did on the cross. 
the joy is the fuel for every day because of what Jesus did on the cross and where I'm headed in the future. And that joy remains long after every temporary thing is passed. Joy remains. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up as we close this morning. I think in our quest to be happy, we've lost sight of what joy could actually be. When Jesus came to this earth, it was announced that there is good news of great joy. That unto us this day is born in the city of David a Savior. I invite you to close your eyes and bow your heads with me this morning. Some of you are struggling to find joy. Joy that's constant. Joy that's not like a birthday balloon that is here one day and then on the ground the next day. Joy that's a root within you that cannot be put out, cannot be cut down. And you know that the Lord promises it. But when you think about your own life, you're saying, my life is not even close to that. This morning, I want to start with those of you who don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. What the angel announced was the source of all joy. That we who are far from God are not abandoned by God. That he made a way where there was no way for you and us, you and me to be reconciled back to God. And this morning, if you say in your own heart that, look, I don't think I've been reconciled to God. I want to invite you, even as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you want to just raise your hand up this morning, we'd love to talk to you right after service today. We'd love to straight, t- take this conversation further. And for the rest of us who are sitting here this morning, you might be saying, look, joy is far from me. If you're saying in your heart this morning that joy is far from you, I remind you that the finished work of Christ on the cross is the source of all of our joy. And we live and work every day toward that day when every tear will be wiped from our eyes and there will be no source, no circumstance that could take that joy away. Lord, we come before you this morning and we recognize, God, that joy is this elusive, elusive idea in our world. That there is too much sadness, too much sorrow, too much war, too much hurt, too much pain and anger in this world for us to experience joy. Lord, I thank you for the reminder this morning that our joy is not contingent on circumstance that our joy comes from you, our Savior, that we who are lost are now found. Thank you for that reminder this morning. Lord, I pray for every one of our friends here this morning who are going through a season where joy seems to be wiped out. Remind us this morning that joy is complete in you. God, that there is nothing else that I can pursue or have in this world that could ever give me more joy than the complete joy that comes in you. Lord, thank you for the reminder that there is something ahead of us 
that there is a day coming when every tear will be wiped from our eyes. Thank you for that joy this morning. God, I pray that as we go forward from here, Holy Spirit, let the joy of the Lord be our strength. Lord, that there is joy in your presence forevermore. Help us to remember that and take that with us. In the seasons of sadness and darkness, remind us that your joy is everything to us, Lord. We give you all the praise and the worship for you alone deserve it. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Lord, we thank you for that reminder this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.